Has my confidence meter changed on the Jaden Rashada recruitment? We'll talk about that next on Locked on Horn Frogs. You are Locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked on Horn Frogs, your team every day. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't. Also, you can find us wherever you get your favorite podcast if you listen to this in its audio form. Uh, on Monday, we talked about CC basketball, which we'll talk about in our last segment in this show. We also talked about five-star quarterback Jaden Rashada, who's from Pittsburgh, California. And um, if you've been following the Jaden recruitment or if you follow college football really in any capacity, you might have heard about this. Um, he was committed to Miami, ended up flipping his commitment to Florida. And there were rumors and reports about how much money he was going to get from Florida. As much as 13 million allegedly was agreed upon. And then it, it seems like now that we're getting more information about this, like everyone kind of had this idea of Jaden and his family that they were just shaking people down and like, hey, it's it's all about NIL, it's all about the money, you know, tell us what the numbers are. But I think after reading this and looking through it, um, the reality is there was miscommunication. Like this collective, the Gator Collective, that is very influential in name, image, and likeness payments for Florida athletes. Um they miscommunicated on how much they were going to give this young man. And then when they walked it back and kind of backtracked and said, no, actually we can't make this payment. We're not going to pay you this much. Well, obviously things got complicated and it ended up with Jaden asking out of his national letter of intent. And then um, two, four, seven sports, Jeremy Clark, Brandon Crawford, others at that website started reporting that as he's opened his recruitment back up, TCU is in the mix and he's uh, supposed to visit this weekend. And when I initially read this, my first thought was, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and, and I'll say this, like, just honestly, I'm not a recruiting insider. I don't have like sources necessarily with where these guys are going. I don't talk to them personally, but just as someone kind of from the outside looking in, my thought was if this is a, you know, if either Jaden or the people around him are concerned about money or that's kind of like the first thought is NIL and that's a priority for them, then I don't really see TCU grabbing their attention because my understanding is TCU has used their NIL funds more for retaining talent than obtaining it through the high school ranks. And that's not a shot in anybody involved in Jaden's recruitment. I mean, this is the world now. You can profit off your name, image, and likeness. And if somebody tells you that they think you're worth $13 million, go ahead and accept that. Because that, I mean, yeah, I would. I'm not going to blame anybody for making a buck. I don't think it's a sign of entitlement or anything like that. I just feel like this is this is the market now to a certain extent. But I'm more intrigued and more interested now because – Reportedly, the schools that he is, he visited Arizona State. 
he's been in communication with Cal, and he's also uh, planning on visiting Colorado. And you look at those schools from an on-field standpoint, TCU has the best program at the moment. You know, Arizona State is a struggling Pac-12 team. Got a new coach. Uh, Cal is a struggling Pac-12 team that uh, Sam Jackson actually just transferred there, which is funny. But um, Cal has been in the the back of the Pac-12 for a while now. And it doesn't appear like that's a school that wants to invest a lot of resources in big-time athletics. It's fine. People have different priorities. But unless it's just a um, situation where they don't want to stay close to home, I'm not sure that makes a ton of sense. Arizona State brought in uh, Kenny Dillingham, who's from Oregon, as our new head coach. Um, and so, you know, I'm sure he's bringing some new energy and a different culture to um, that school. But from an on-the-field standpoint, there's really no comparison between what TCU's done most recently and what those two programs have done. And then, obviously, Colorado has been one of the worst teams in the Power Five for the past five years or so. Now, the the wild card with Colorado is what Deion Sanders is doing. He's doing a fantastic job recruiting, especially in the transfer portal. Coach Prime is, I mean, he's bringing major credentials, major credibility, major excitement to Boulder. And he's got some backing from Barstool. He's got some backing from Barstool Sports. He's got major backing from Colorado. He's got the donors there energized. Um, he landed Cormani McLean, who is the best defensive back prospect in the country. Um, he'll be there in that 2023 class. He's brought in. Um, his son, Shadur Sanders, he's brought in Travis Hunter from Jackson State. So they're rolling over there. And I think Colorado would make a lot of sense. But TCU's got something to sell here. They're just in the national title game. Sonny Dykes does a really good job with quarterbacks. Kendall Bryles has a relationship with, his, with the Rashada family. Um, Sonny's offenses have always been prolific. He's put QBs in the league. So... I'm not saying they're the leader in the clubhouse because honestly, I don't have the authority to say that. I'm not like reporting on this. I'm not tracking it on a daily basis like some of the pros are. But my confidence meter's gone up a little bit. I think, like, I, I think TCU will be in the mix here. And I said this yesterday, but one thing that Sunny Dykes has done, and in some ways, I feel like it's it's kind of hurt him's not the right word. I think people see some of the, the players they've missed on and have thought, man, you just keep missing on quarterbacks. But I think what Sonny and the staff have done since they've gotten here is they've gotten players that wouldn't typically give TCU the time of day. They've gotten their attention. And it, it hasn't necessarily translated to everybody signing and having a top 10 recruiting class, even though it's top 20 right now for 2023, according to the rankings. But you can see the momentum kind of building. You can see it pushing in a different direction. And so, I mean, Rashad is one of those guys that could really change the game in a lot of ways if you can get him signed. And we'll see. There's still a long way to go in this. It might just end up being a visit, and that's it. But that's beneficial, too. And, you know, Chandler Morris is there, but behind him, there's not, there's not a lot of depth. 
So there's an opportunity here for for Jaden, uh, you know, if he wants to explore it. And I'm I'm interested to see how this plays out over the next week. When we come back, um, our final burning question for TCU football this offseason. Before we do that, though, we have a new sponsor, um, and we're excited to bring FanDuel on board. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're excited to tell you about our new sports betting partner for the Locked On Network. They're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel or haven't tried them before, that's even better because they have great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers can join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed if you just place a $5 bet. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a bigger chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet and get a $150 bonus. I'm not great at math, but I know that's a great deal. Uh, make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NFL and now part of the Locked On Network. Thank you to FanDuel for joining the party. So I, I've been going through this series. Um, started last week. Kind of had some interruptions due to breaking news. The Kendall Browse hire was a big deal. Uh, TC basketball knocking off Kansas over the weekend, combined with the Jaden Rashada recruitment saga, sort of derailed things. But my final question for the TCU offseason that needs to be addressed or that will be answered when the season starts. And this one's sort of broad. Can the TCU defense take a step forward in 2023? We saw in 2022, Joe Gillespie do a great job at a couple things. Guys played with great effort. They bought in. I think they tackled well, especially as the season went on. Um... Explosive plays, forced turnovers. You know, weren't a defense that always held teams to 17 points, 14 points, things like that, but stepped up, made huge turnovers, played well in big games. Texas and Michigan come to mind. I know how the season ended against Georgia. I understand, but let's stay positive for a minute. And then, you know, I, I think one thing that also stood out to me about Joe uh, or Coach Gillespie in his first year was those halftime adjustments, those in-game adjustments. Kansas State rolling up 28-10 at one point. Looks like, man, probably going to lose this football game. They regroup. Yes, the Will Howard injury made a difference, but they regroup, and even when Howard came back in the game, you know, they were still making plays, making stops. Um, the Oklahoma State game, Spencer Sanders and company running all over that defense in the first half, were able to tighten up, keep that game close throughout. Now, there's – Oh, there's some production you got to replace here. On the D-line, Dominic Williams is coming back. Freshman All-American did a great job of that nose guard spot. But your huge impact player, your pass rusher, Dylan Horton, he'll be moving on. And you have to find somebody to step up in that, you know, rush-in spot on the outside edge and get to the quarterback. And they didn't do that consistently well this past year. Dylan kind of emerged later in the season and helped make that Less of a glaring issue. But in this defense, if you can get pressure with your front three, that's a huge difference maker. You got linebackers like Johnny Hodges, Jamoy Hodge coming back. D. Winters moving on to the NFL draft. That's a big loss. 
you're losing your top two corner or you're losing your top corner, excuse me, and Travis Hodges Tomlinson. But I really like that position. I talked about that earlier. We were going through the series in the secondary. Josh Newton coming back. Avery Helm coming over from Florida. I think he's going to be a day one starter, impact player. I mean, was locked down in the SEC. Don't see why he can't come in and be that guy in the Big 12. Also added some big-time players um, from the JUCO ranks, like Channing Camden and Mason White, who can who can play. And all your safety, your three starting safeties will be back. And Miller Bradford, Bud Clark, Mark Perry. So you have a lot of experience, especially on that back end. And I think, you know, to a certain extent, like development cycles matter. What I mean by that is returning production is important. Guys are going to understand the system better. They got to play, you know, 15 games in it last year and got a ton of extra practice during bowl prep, during college football playoff prep, national championship week. So you're going to have some players who are very fluent in what they're trying to do on defense and can hopefully read and react much faster than they did, especially early this season. Um, my, my big question is, can you find a way to get better on the defensive line? Because for some of the issues they had, they actually did a really nice job, sort of subtly, with the depth they added at that spot. Um, and you got Rick Abreu coming over from ECU, who's kind of a mystery. Like, you don't know a ton about him. You have some players from the 2022 class who hopefully can integrate into those positions this year. But, but that's my big question. Can you, can you find a way to get some of that production on the D line and, if you do, then I think this could be a really good defense next year. If you don't, then, you know, things could get tricky. But a, a lot of good vibes, a lot of good things to build on for TCU football in 2023. And I think this defense could be a, a major factor next year with another year under Joe Gillespie. When we come back, quick update on basketball. Let's talk about that next. This is Lockdown Horn Frogs. Okay, TCU basketball, they play Oklahoma tonight and uh, should be interesting. OU, you know, just lost a, a tough game to Baylor. Baylor ended up beating Kansas last night, so they're kind of rolling. But um, the Sooners, second year under Porter Mosier and not having the best start to conference season. We always know the Big 12 is tough. Um, it's at home, 7 o'clock game. They're encouraging fans to, to wear black. It's going to be a blackout. I think it should be a great atmosphere there tonight. But this is one of those games TCU struggled in so far this year. you got to take care of business. OU's 2-5 and five in conference. I know that could be misleading. We saw what happened against West Virginia a week ago. But you got to start piling up wins against these types of teams. You can't drop games. You can't drop games to West Virginia. You can't drop close games to Iowa State and Texas. I know we can play that game the other way, too. They probably should have lost to Baylor. But you guys keep stacking up Ws. And there's there's been some chatter. Like, this is a knockdown dragout conference this season. And, you know, somebody's going to be standing at the top of it at the end. I don't know if TCU is ready to do that. But tonight would be a good step forward in showing, okay, at home against a team you should beat, can you take care of business? Eddie Lampkin's out tonight, which is significant, dealing with that foot injury. 
Micah Peavy expected to be back, which is good. So better defense on the perimeter, I would imagine. Um, Cork and Coles and, and maybe uh, somebody Dumbaya will have to step in and give TCU some good minutes from the bigs tonight. But TCU, Oklahoma, 7 o'clock this evening should be a good one. This is the Locked On Horn Frogs or part of the Locked On Podcast Network.